But before we do that, I want to introduce a, a, a kind of a, a special, not kind of, a special guest and a, uh, and a and a newer friend of HBF's, and it's Joseph and Sherry Hayden, and uh, they're gonna they're with us from Zambia, Africa, and so yeah, so that's pretty that's pretty cool. Joseph and Sherry are working on a on a translation project in the Tonga language, and uh, we're hoping to partner with them to help get that published. And so I wanted to introduce you to Joseph and Sherry today. And uh, and they have their out in the foyer. They have their uh, uh, booth set up, so you can go out and look at that and see that. Uh, but before uh, we do that, I want you to just uh, enter. I want to just kind of give you a little background info. Joseph and uh, Sherry have been serving. Um, little, I don't want to say too much about this, but later in life, a little later, you know, a lot of times missionaries go out in their early twenties and all of that. And uh, Sherry and Joseph, uh, they waited. I think you guys got a career under your belt, pretty much, and then. Uh, set all that aside and answered the call of the Lord to go to Zambia down in the the uh, south. I believe it's the southeast uh, region uh, and uh, kind of by uh, Lake Victoria and all of that or, or uh, the Victoria Falls. Yeah, Victoria Falls. And so uh, they've been down there working now for several years and I've followed them online. Their pastor, Joe McCaig, um, out of Decatur uh, Baptist down in uh, Alabama, is a friend of mine and ours here at HBF, and uh, is and uh, it's a good. He, they come with great recommendations, so I'm looking forward to hearing from Joe today. Give Joe a, a good HBF welcome as he comes to preach to us this morning. Come on, all right. Good morning. Uh, it's very exciting to be here with you this morning. Uh, things are a little different for me this morning. Uh, we woke, we left yesterday morning. It was about 80 degrees where we came from, and this morning. It's a little bit chilly, Uh, so that was a big change for us. Uh, The crowd that I'm preaching to this morning is a little bit different than what I'm used to as well. Uh, You guys don't look exactly like Zambians. Uh, One other thing is I'm used to to preaching with an interpreter, so I might need Brian to come up here and hold my hand or something. Uh, Now, Actually, uh, I might need an interpreter. I'm from the South, so you guys probably figure that out pretty quickly. uh, I'm, I'm going to have you go ahead and turn to the passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning, uh, and then we're going to show a few slides, and then we'll get into the passage. Luke chapter 5 is where we'll be this morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 5. And, uh, of course, uh, the ugly guy on the left, that's me. Uh, this is my beautiful wife on, on the right, so miracles do still happen. As, uh, as Brian mentioned, um, God called us to the mission field later in life. I was 52 years old, and we won't talk about how old my wife was, but, uh, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a challenge for us to uh, to walk away from our careers. I worked at a chemical company uh, for 29 years. Uh, my wife was a school teacher for 15 years. Uh, we were probably about 15 years away from retirement, roughly, and uh, God said, it's time to change your address. And so uh, we prayed a lot, a lot about that, right? Because that's a huge thing for, for somebody our age, you older people will understand. Uh, giving up your salaries is one thing, but giving up your health insurance is a, a completely different thing, right? And so for us to step outside of that, we had to be uh, totally convinced and, and God had to confirm to us that that's what he desired. And the passage that we're going to look at this morning is actually how God confirmed that to us separately, okay? Uh, I did not tell her what God was showing me, and, and my wife, she probably wouldn't tell you this, but she's a little stubborn, okay, just to be honest with you. And uh, she told the Lord, she's like, 
Okay, I know I'm supposed to, uh, to submit and follow my husband and all these wonderful things, but if you want me to move to Zambia, Africa, you're going to have to show me. And uh, God did that graciously, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, we arrived there February 2020. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide, if you would. Of course, that was right before COVID. Okay, so so there were some challenges that went with that, and we can talk about that another time. But uh, in the middle is our, our daughter. She's 31 years old, and as my wife would say, our grand puppy. And then on the right is our son and uh, our daughter-in-law. And uh, not in this picture, but we recently found out about five weeks ago that our daughter-in-law is pregnant. So... Uh, if you would pray, pray with us about that. That's, that's really one of the bigger challenges for me going back. I'm going to be 8,000 miles away from my grandchild. So that's a little bit of a challenge. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one. So just a little bit about what we do in Zambia. Uh, we're not going to look at a lot of slides this morning. I've got one more after this, but, uh, you know, we, we believe that every believer is, is supposed to be on mission for God. That's, that's why we're here, right? We have a home in heaven. We're not, we're not in heaven though. Why are we here? Well, we're here to do God's mission, and uh, we, we have a process that we use uh, to accomplish that, and, and the process is here on the, on the screen. Evangelism, that's the first thing we do in Zambia and the southern provinces where we work with the Tonga people, and um, sadly, they are very, very, very religious, but most have never heard the gospel, and so uh, one of our uh, ways that we have inroads as we go into uh, the villages. We, we minister in the bush, bush villages. We go into the villages and we'll show the Jesus film. Now, I know it's a little hard for us to imagine, but imagine that you had never seen a television, you had never seen a movie, and somebody came to your area and they're sh- projecting a video. Well, this, all the people want to see. They, they hear it, they, they see the lights, they want to come and see what that is. So they come out and they see the Jesus film and it's very eye-opening to them, and then after that, we present the gospel. And so typically, we usually have several salvations, and we believe that uh, God has given us the commandment not just to evangelize, but to raise up those new believers in Christ to become reproducing believers. And so right after evangelism, uh, we, we start Bible study groups, and we establish those those believers in the faith. Those Bible study groups last for about 14 weeks. And they're just simple, basic Bible doctrine, salvation, eternal security, the Word of God, prayer, so forth and so on. Uh, when they complete that set of lessons, they get their own copy of the Bible. Now, I, don't, I know that's strange to you, but most of them have never had a copy of God's Word. And I know personally at my home, I have five or six copies, right? And I'm sure you, this, you were the same way. But imagine you've never had a copy of the Bible. So what are you going to believe? Well, you're going to believe whatever the first person who came told you. And that's the situation most of these are in. Um, so we established them in the faith. And then those that uh, show themselves to be faithful, we, uh, we engage them in discipleship. And that's the edification stage. From there, uh, those who want to be involved in ministry, we, we take them into a Bible training institute where we teach discipleship uh, to and other courses on how to be engaged in church ministry, and that's the equipping stage. Now, a lot of people, they just stop there, okay? But but we believe that if you stop there, you failed, okay? The last stage is engaging them in ministry. And if you look at these two pictures on the bottom, the, the picture on the left is a women's Bible study. If you'll notice, the lady teaching there is, does not have white skin, okay? 
She's one of the ladies that have been through our Bible studies that has learned the, the scriptures, and now she is in turn teaching those to other ladies. And then on the slide at the bottom to the right, you see the young man in the white shirt. He has, he has been trained and is now teaching the children, and he's also training the girl in the red shirt to his left there. And so that's what we believe God has called us to do, to, to raise up disciples who make other disciples who reproduce themselves in the ministry. Uh, go ahead and go to the last uh, slide. So this, this slide really indicates what brought us here at HBF, the connection that we had in the beginning. Uh, Brian, <clears throat> I was privileged to meet Brian at the Certainty Conference, and uh, we, we got to talking about the Tonga translation. The Tonga people have a Bible, uh, but it's a would be what you would consider a poor um, replicate of the NIV. Okay, so there's a lot of false doctrine that comes from that Bible. And so we've, we've engaged some men that had a burden for this project uh, to begin a, a KJV to a Tonga Bible translation. And, and our goal is by the middle of this next year, we want to have uh, John and Romans ready to publish. And we're hoping that uh, HBF will partner with us to get that uh, done and to get that out to the people. And then, of course, following that, we want to get the whole New Testament once the whole New Testament is done and distributed, then we're going to work on the Old Testament. So that's that's a little brief nutshell of what we're doing in Zambia. Uh, Sherry is is a critical uh, part of our ministry there. Um, one, one of the things that uh, that had been overlooked in years past is is ministry to ladies. And Sherry has come alongside. She she goes out to the bush with us. She ministers to the ladies does Bible studies, helps those ladies learn how to be godly wives. And so just uh, please, if you, you don't have to meet me afterwards, but meet her, okay? She, she's the better part of our, our, of our group, okay? So uh, uh, thank you for having us. Um, it's a privilege to be here. We've wanted to, to come out here and experience HBF for a long time. Heard a lot of great things about you guys, uh, about the Bible projects that you put together and the, the many things that you do. And... Um, we're just thankful to be here today. Uh, so if you're, if you're with me in Luke chapter 5, I want to I just open with a quick word of prayer, and uh, then we'll get into that. Father God, uh, thank you for your word. I thank you for your people, the church here at uh, Heartland Baptist Fellowship. Lord, we thank you for their love for you. We thank you for the worship that we've already been able to, to sing to you this morning, and we pray, God, that, that now we would get into your word and your word would get into us and that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we pray that your word would just uh, sharpen us, convict us, show us the things in our life that uh, need to be purged, the things that need to be changed. God, we pray that you would uh, make us into your image. Lord, we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... We're going to just start out. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to walk through. We're, we're going to try to do verses 1 through 11. Time may not permit to go all the way through. But I want to just walk through those together and see some things that God uh, had shown me. How many of you would say that you are God's child? Okay. So one of the cool things for me is, um, you know, we're God's children. And the way you teach children is through pictures, right? That's the best way. If you want to teach a child, you get a picture book and you sit down with them and you go through. And so this morning, what we're going to see in Luke chapter 5 is one of the greatest pictures um, in the Bible uh, that God has 
has really blessed my life and my wife's life with. And, and I want I want to make sure you see that same picture. Um, and I'm sure you do. I, I feel like I'm preaching at the choir here a little bit because your church is is so famous uh, for your commitment to getting the word of God out to the people and to the nations. And uh, but that's really what we're going to talk about this morning is is the importance of getting God's word out to the nations. Um, a little bit of background before we get into Luke five one. Uh, Jesus has has been baptized. Uh, he came out of out of baptism. Uh, the heavens opened. the 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 Father said, "This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased." And the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Right, and uh, it says that that he was forced into the wilderness through the Holy Ghost. Right, he goes through the temptations, and of course, we know that he overcomes those temptations. How? By the Word of God. Right. He he takes God's Word and he applies it in the in the life. Um, situation that he's in, just like we can do in our lives, and he overcomes the tempter through the Word of God. Uh, he's going, he's traveling uh, through Galilee, and he's he's healing people. Uh, he's he's casting out devils, and, and and so what happens? Obviously, if you had somebody like that coming through town, they're going to become famous, right? Uh, everybody's hearing, you know, our our friends have gotten delivered from this demon. Our friends have gotten healed, and so he's he's become famous, which is a good thing, right? We want Jesus to be famous in the world, don't we? I mean, that's what we're here for is to to spread his name and make him famous. But at the same time, sometimes fame causes a problem, and that's what happened here. Uh, because of his fame, we find him here in verse 1, if, if we'll read it together. It says, uh, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. So, He's there in, in the Galilee close to the lake of Gennesaret and the people are pressing upon him. Uh, they are, there, there's a need. What is the need? They need the word of God, right? They, they actually are desiring the word of God. And, and I know, uh, Brian and myself and, and any other preacher here would be like, we'd love to have a situation where the people were, were coming on us and pressing us to hear the word of God. Uh, usually it's the opposite of that, right? You kind of have to drag people into it. Uh, but, uh, uh, here, these people are—they've seen something different, and they're drawn to Jesus Christ. And I hope that's when you go out into your communities, when you go out into your mission field. I hope that's what people see in you. I hope they see something different. I hope they see something that draws them to Christ, that draws them to desire to know what it is that's different about your life, and so that you have the opportunity to share the Word of God with them. Because the Word of God is what makes the difference. It's what changes lives, right? And we see here, the people are pressing upon him. He has he has a problem. Um, there there's so much pressure and so little room that he can't communicate the word of God to them. And uh, so, if I can get my iPad to cooperate, uh, let's look. Um, so so let's ask ourselves the question: Are you hungry for the word of God? You know, because because that's really, I mean, these people are. We live in a in a society today that, sadly, you can't say that about most of society, right? Uh, God said that that there would come a time when when there would be a famine in the land, and, and because of that famine, it wouldn't be a famine of bread, but it would be a famine of hearing the words of God. And and truthfully, in America, we we live in that day, right? Uh, now that's talking about a prophetic event, but. But really, if you go out into the communities, a lot of people, they, they have no desire to hear the Word of God anymore. And it's sad. Uh, thankfully, that's not true everywhere. Uh, we, we are actually in a situation in Zambia 
that is very similar to this, in this what he's talking about here in verse 1. Uh, people come upon us all the time wanting to hear the Word of God. They're wanting to know what the, what the Bible says. They're wanting a copy of the Bible. And so we're blessed in that way. Um, why is it so important that they get the Word of God, though? I know that's a no-brainer, right? I mean, you guys have been in church for a while. Why, why do they need the Word of God? What's so important about the Word of God? Well, because God wants mankind to have His Word because He wants a relationship with mankind, right? And I don't know, uh, I don't see a lot of young boys. There's a couple back here. But if you want a relationship with a girl, what do you do? Yeah, you ask her out, right? Yeah, and, and, and if you don't ask her out, you can want a relationship with her for the rest of your life, and it's never going to happen, right? Um, and, and so it's important that we communicate, and that's what God has given us his word for. He wants to communicate with us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And it's important to get the word to, to, to mankind because mankind is without hope. Mankind is lost. Mankind is separated from God and condemned already. Right? All we have to do for the world to go to hell is nothing. And we're pretty good at that sometimes. Amen? Um, And sadly, uh, many of the Christian churches today, you know, even people in church don't want to hear the Word of God. Uh, But... Uh, let's look further, okay? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Why, why is it so important that we get the Word of God to man? Well, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, right? For by grace are you saved through faith. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing. And what does it say next? And hearing by the Word of God, okay? So if we want people to be saved, if we want people to come into a relationship with God... They're going to have to hear the Word of God. Um, Paul said it like this. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel, God's Word, is the power of God unto salvation. If they don't hear the gospel, what's going to happen? And, and Paul says again in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 15, How... Now listen to this. This is actually the verse that God used to call me into the ministry. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And so we see the dilemma here in verse 1 is a real dilemma, right? The people need to hear the Word of God. They need somebody to preach it to them, but but the situation and the circumstances are not allowing that. So Jesus is doing what he's doing today. Right there in this chapter, he's doing the same thing he's doing today. He's looking for someone. Will you be that someone? He's looking for someone to make themselves available. Okay, Jesus... Let's look at verse 2. It says, as he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, it says, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, I know you've probably heard this before and it's kind of cliche, but 
One of the greatest abilities that you can ever have if you want to be used by God. Do you want to be used by God this morning? One of the greatest abilities you can ever have if you want to be used by God is availability. Make yourself available. God, here I am. Use me however you want to use me. Do whatever you want to do with me. I'll do what you tell me to do. And that's what we see here. Jesus is looking around for someone, for something to use so that he can get the word of God to the people. Now, what is a ship? Well, a ship is a vessel, right? It's a vessel that that carries things across the water from one place to another or from one person to another, right? And uh, if you study that out through the scriptures, you'll find out that it's a beautiful picture uh, because we are vessels, right? First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4 says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, okay? Second Timothy 2.20 tells us that we can, we can choose. We have a choice. We can be a vessel of honor or we can be a vessel of dishonor. Okay, and Jesus is looking around at the situation. He's assessing the situation. And he looks over and he sees these two ships. And he chooses to step into one of those ships. Peter's ship, right? And, and Jesus is looking for somebody here in this audience that he can step into your vessel. And he can speak through you. He can use your vessel. He can thrust out a little from the shore. And he can get his word to the people. And that's what we see here in this picture this morning. Our bodies, according to God's word, are vessels. And you choose. Are you going to use it for honor? Or are you going to use it for dishonor? We were made to carry Jesus to someone else. That's what we were created for. Do you understand that? That's what our vessel was made for. We were made to take the gospel to someone. Go Ye therefore, right? Go ye therefore. We're, we're, we're not supposed to stay still as a Christian. We're supposed to take the gospel, take Jesus to those who have not heard, to those who need to hear. And if they don't hear, they're lost for eternity, separated from God forever and ever in the lake of fire, which we don't like to talk about much anymore these days, right? But it's real. You have friends, you have family, you have loved ones, you have coworkers. I do too that are lost and they're going to spend an eternity in the lake of fire if we don't tell them. Now, uh, Jesus steps into Peter's ship, right? He steps into his boat. Uh, well, it's a ship. There is a difference between a ship and a boat. A ship has sails, right? Which is important. If you think about the picture, okay, if sails, what do they do? They catch wind to move, Right. And which is a great picture of how the Holy Spirit of God is supposed to move and direct us and empower us. Uh, but we see here Jesus steps into Peter's ship. And just as he steps into his ship, Jesus wants to abide in our vessel. Okay, just like he abode in Peter's vessel. He wanted to use Peter's vessel to get the word of God to the multitudes that were pressing on him. He wants to use your vessel and my vessel to get the word of God to those here in Cass County and to those in Zambia, Africa, and to those in um, Malawi and to those in China. And, and we could go through all, a whole list of all, all the different places in the world, right? God wants to use our vessel to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Now, 
Can you imagine when Peter, now remember, Peter's there washing his nets, right? Imagine what he was thinking when he was, you know, he's sitting back over there washing his nets and he sees what's going on with Jesus in the crowds and he sees Jesus walk over and step in his boat. What do you think he was thinking? You know, he's human, right? So maybe he's like, yes, he chose me. Maybe. But if he's anything like me, he's probably thinking, man, I just got through working all night and I'm tired. Why is he getting in my boat? Ah, why don't you get in the other boat, Jesus? I'm tired and I'm frustrated. We haven't got to that part of the scripture yet, but they had worked all night and toiled all night and caught nothing. So Peter's sitting there thinking, oh no, he's getting in my boat. And I'm going to have to hang around now. I was going to go home and take a shower and have some breakfast, but I'm going to have to hang around and, and make sure everything's cool with the boat. And so Peter goes over and gets in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus gives him a command. He says, thrust out a little. And what did Peter do? He obeyed. And that's that's one of the greatest things we can do, aside from being available. Jesus is looking for people who are willing to be obedient. Obedient to his mission. And he told him to thrust out just a little bit. As he entered into that ship, Jesus had a mission in mind. Okay. When, when, when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, he entered your vessel with a mission in mind. There's people that he wants to reach through you. Um, God is inviting us to join him in his work. Think about that for just a minute. We, we blow by that all the time, right? We talk about it and it's, it's just common knowledge in the church, but God Almighty is inviting us to come to work with him. He's inviting us to join him in what he's doing. And we should be thrilled with that, right? Instead of making excuses like we often do, uh, like I often do. Uh, but pay attention. Jesus told him in this passage to thrust out a little, and that's important because we're going to see there's a progression here. And there's a progression in my life and there's a progression in your life that Jesus walks us through to prepare us for ministry. He didn't begin by asking Peter to do something difficult. He said, push out, thrust out a little. He didn't have to go far. Uh, he, he, he just had to yield himself and his things to Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants from us first, right? He wants us to, to yield to him and say, you're, you're Lord. You tell me what to do. I'm yours. And these things that you have given me and blessed me with, they're yours. And if we, if we will show obedience to him in that, then he will bless us and he will help us to continue in that growth process and he will use us at the next level. Now, what does, what does thrusting out a little look like for us? Okay. We know for Peter, the land's here. He pushes out just a little bit and Jesus is preaching, right? What does thrusting out a little look like for me and you? Well, it can be for me and Sherry. It was, you know, learning how to witness and then doing it. That's thrusting out a little. Uh, it was volunteering to teach a children's class. It was greeting visitors. 
Uh, for Sherry, she's, she's told me before, launching out or thrusting out a little for her was going on a, a short-term mission trip, okay? Um, volunteering to lead a deaf ministry, that was, that was part of it for us. Um, thrust out a little. It's not a great amount of effort. It's not a great amount of sacrifice it's, that's required. It's a little. It, it's not a great amount of faith that's required. It's a little. And, and the Bible tells us if we will be faithful in the little things, then God will give us something greater. Amen? And so that's what you need to start with, is you need to start first by allowing Jesus Christ to come into your vessel. And once he's in your vessel, you need to make yourself available. Lord, whatever you want. My life is your life. You tell me what to do, and I'll obey. And that, that, is, that is spiritual growth, amen? And that's where we all should be headed. For you, it might be tithing, okay? You know, we talk about sacrificial giving sometimes, right? Jesus didn't start out by teaching them to sacrificially give. It was tithing. Start with the simple thing. It's easy. Anybody can come up with 10%, right? 10% is not hard. I know what to give. I don't have to, I don't have to have a long prayer meeting about what God wants me to, to tithe. It's pretty simple. Baptism. Making coffee. Keeping the nursery. Teaching a children's class. Sharing your testimony with a friend or a neighbor. That's what it means to thrust out a little. True faith is what Jesus is looking for. Jesus is looking for someone that will step out in faith, okay? So we've saw he's looking for somebody who's available. He's looking for somebody who's obedient. He's looking for somebody who will exercise faith. Okay, and that's what we find in the next verse here. It says in verse, well, I'll skip the verse. Let me go back. Luke 5. No, I got it in the wrong place. Let me move here. Well, I'll just read it from the scripture. Luke 5, verse 6. No. I had the verse right. Luke, Luke 5, verse 4. I'm sorry. Uh, now when he had left speaking. All right, so Jesus... He, he gives the, the multitude his message, and now he turns his focus from the, the multitudes, he turns it to Peter, okay, because now he's, he's got something he wants to do in Peter's life. And he turns to Peter, and he says, launch out into the deep and let, your, let down your nets for a drought. Now think about that for a minute. This, this, is, this takes another level of commitment and another level of sacrifice, right? It's no longer I'm going to miss breakfast. Now it's I'm going to get home after dark tonight, right? It's, it's the next level of surrender, and, and, and it requires faith. Why does it require faith? Well, because Peter had said in verse 5, he says, And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. And have taken nothing. And that's usually where we would stop, right? With our excuses. Okay. It didn't make sense to Peter what Jesus was telling him to do. Why are we launching out into the deep? Uh, why are you telling me that if we'll launch out into the deep and let down our nets, we're going to catch a great multitude? I'm a fisherman. I've been fishing all night. And I know that out in the deep, in the daytime, is not where we catch the fish. 
right? I mean, that's what we do. Jesus says, hey, I want you to talk to this person or I want you to talk to that person. And we start coming up with our excuses. Well, this is not the right time. I'm busy. I failed at this yesterday, okay? I was at at a gas station and I was pumping gas and a guy pulled up behind me and started speaking some other language. had no idea what he was saying. I turned around and he said a few other words and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. And then he said, do you speak English? And I was like, yes, I speak English. I don't know why he would think I didn't speak English. But uh, anyway, uh, maybe he heard me talk and my accent threw him off. I don't know. But anyway, he, he, he said, ah, I'm out of gas. Can you help me? And you know what I did? Sorry, buddy. I can't help you. I missed the opportunity. And as he drove away, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you should have told him about Jesus. And you know what? That opportunity's gone. I'll probably never see him again in this life. I will see him again if he's lost at the judgment seat of Christ. I mean, at the great white throne judgment. And he'll ask me, why didn't you tell me? And you and I have opportunities like that every day. Uh, Jesus invites us to exercise our faith and to do something that makes no sense to us. That's what Sherry and I did when we went to Zambia. It made no sense but because he said it, because he told us to do it. And that's what Peter says here. He says, nevertheless, instead of making excuses, he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Now, you guys know the story, right? They go out and they cast his net up over the side of the boat, right? He does what Jesus told him to do. And what happens? Ah, the nets fill up with a great multitude of fishes. They start trying to bring it in, and and the multitude of fishes is so great, what happens? The nets begin to break. You know, and and that's that's why we're here uh, in the States right now, is, is we're out there fishing, okay? Casting the nets. And there's a great multitude that we're seeing God bring in, and we're, we've come to realize that our resources that we have are not enough to bring them in. And, and what happens there in that scripture, you see, they're, they're trying to bring the nets in, the nets start breaking, they're starting to lose them, and what do they do? Do they just throw up their hands and quit? No. What do they do? You see, Jesus is looking for people to be willing to partner together to reach the world. What do they do? Hey, John! James! Come help me! Come help me! Right? And we see in this passage of Scripture, his, his partners, it says the partners came over and they cast their nets in too. And what happened? They brought in a great multitude of fishes that filled up the boat, both boats, to the point where both boats almost sank. Now think about that. Now, that's a great story, right? Now that really literally happened, and God did that for a purpose. Um, understand, we can't do it alone. We need partnerships, right? There's no way in the world Sherry and I could could translate the, the Tonga Bible and get it printed and get it distributed. We don't have the resources to do that, but we have great partners that are willing to help us do that. Amen? Uh, and, and that's true with all of your missionaries all across the world is they're out there on the on the seas 
where all the nations of the people are, casting their nets in, but they're depending on partnerships to be able to bring in the fishes. And it's not about really fishes, right? If you go to the end of the chapter, and I'm going to go there right now because we're, or not the end of the chapter, but the end of the passage, verse 10, it says, well, let's read verse 9 and 10. It says, For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Now listen to what he says. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Wasn't about fish at all. Jesus was trying to teach them, and he was trying to teach me, and he was trying to teach you a lesson through this event that took place. It wasn't about the fishes. There are great multitudes of people out there who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they need to hear it. And if they don't hear it, they're going to be separated from God forever. And he is worthy of their worship. But who is responsible to, to make sure that they hear the word of God? It's, it's us. Amen? It's us. And he gives us the opportunity. He invites us to step out in faith and to let him work through us. And he will do the work if we will just yield ourselves to him, if we will make ourselves available, if we will be obedient, if we will be faithful, he will do the work. Amen? And we can do it with him together. And we can't do it without him. And we can't do it without each other. I hope we get that this morning. I'm going to end with that, but just, just think about that in your mind. I guess that's the only place you would think about that, right? <laughs> um, think about that. What if John and James had said, sorry, we're busy. We're, we're, we can't come help you right now. What would have happened to the great multitude? They would have been lost. And that is exactly what will happen to the multitudes out in the world if we don't partner together and go to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brian, come.